Welcome back, friends, to episode 152 of the Guardian Project podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and I just like exotic pets. Yeah, just like just exotic pets. <laughs> <laughs> Did you grow up with any exotic? I grew up with birds. My parents had birds. So, you know, the card, exotic pets, but no. I grew up with a green winged macaw and an African gray. Wow. Birds are really dirty. Um, they're just like full of dust. There's somebody who lived down the street from us who mm-hmm. had a Jaguar in their backyard. And I'm pretty sure that was illegal in Southeast Michigan. Yeah. Not, not the car, the cat. No, they didn't have a Jaguar. They, they had a cat. They had like a pool with like a, like a waterfall. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a Jaguar is what I was told. My brother was friends with this person. Of course. I never saw, I never saw it, but that's a pretty exotic pet. Yeah. That, that, that intro caught me off guard like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i'm your other host mike and don't forget if a player controls a permanent of yours and you leave the game uh, a spiteful repossession of your card is in order you just snatch it right back you, you have to i mean it per the rules uh it goes bye-bye <laughs> spitefully <laughs> please listen carefully And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. Oh my gosh. I completely lost my voice there. Um, I have no idea. It's allergies. allergies it really season, is. Folks. Seriously. <laughs> uh, so we got to see uh, some new packaging that we are getting with Secret Layer. Um, so as part of their sustainability and Secret Layer drop packaging, um, they, they announced that we are going to get some really thin envelopes. So the smaller packaging often uses less material and is lighter weight thereby creating less waste and making distribution more sustainable and uh our their new secret layer drop envelopes were designed to do just that so starting with the april 2022 super drop we are going to get some really really thin honestly they look like they look like the size of like if you got a check you know like from your company with like the perforated edges yeah i mean they don't look much bigger than just a small little envelope no um no, really so don't. we should get these pretty soon we'll have links by the way to this in the show notes below um so you can check it out but i am pretty excited because we it says there, that we're still going to see some of the slim black border packaging for all of the astrology lands um but i i assume going forward we're going to get this really thin packaging that has like a, almost like a perforated pull tab so it'll be easy to open mm-hmm. um i i'm all for less waste yeah because it was a lot that you had to throw away yeah definitely um now speaking of the sustainability program they're also trying this new thing in north american wpn premium stores to uh, recycle your booster packs so continued effort and sustainable goals for our stores we're working with TerraCycle, a company dedicated to finding solutions to recycle typically non-recyclable items to kick off a magic the gathering booster wrapper recycling test so you can find these uh, cardboard recycling containers um, that are there only to have booster pack material put in them and um, pre-release uh, booster material put in them. So no cardboard or anything, but no cardboard. Um, you know, if you've ever if you've ever been to a draft at your LGS and you saw how many uh, booster packs are left <laughs> at the end of, and that's just like twenty four packs. That's that might not even be an entire booster box. Um, you know, it, it really where where do you think all that goes? You know, material is. It's hard to recycle, so having a system like this, uh, a place to put your booster packs is really, really cool, and 
Um, hopefully they won't be too mad when I come in with a big garbage bag full of booster packs from my house <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't opened in the store. And I also like though that, the, that it's like, it reminds me of something you would see like at a movie theater, you mm-hmm. know, like promoting like a movie, you know, it's, it's like a big cardboard box that has advertising for like the most recent set I assume will be on these. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't even look like just a garbage can, you know, it's kind of like a, Hey, look, this sets out. And if you want to throw away all your booster wrappers, drop mm-hmm. them right here. Yes, please be responsible and only put your booster wrappers in these. Don't ruin this good thing. Yeah, um, don't. Please don't throw pop cans and things in there. <laughs> yes, please don't. We, we are not about that. <laughs> uh, the Streets of New Capenna survey is also out. So if you are interested in giving your feedback to Wizards of the Coast, go take that survey. They do. They do usually take... A couple of minutes i will say it's it's i would say it probably takes 10 to 15 minutes if you are being completely honest so it's not like a 10 question survey it's it's pretty thorough it asks you how often you play magic you know your preferred formats how often you buy booster packs and mm-hmm. what kind of booster packs you buy and I always just say I buy too many and then I play <laughs> commander and I still just buy too many and then you get to pick your favorite colors and so oh. you can also pick blue as your favorite and your second favorite color you can pick it for both you can in fact pick it for both nice. which is kind of probably not what you're supposed to be doing but um i learned that on uh glhf magic many years ago and i think i do it every single time that i pick blue and blue sometimes i'll change it up and i'll say white as number two. Oh, of course of course because why not because you know, why not so the link to that survey is also going to be in the show notes below so go give your feedback um because we're going to get what we want if we tell them what we want and if you're also looking for a way to support our show you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod and donate for any dollar amount if you're looking for another way to support the podcast whatever platform you are enjoying the podcast on now if you can subscribe rate review uh, and leave comments we would be most appreciative you can find us online. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Just Google Guardian Project Podcast and you'll find us. If you want to email us, you can email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. We really do appreciate everybody who reaches out to us and tags us. We actually just got tagged to do a popper stream. Yeah, we did. Um, so I think we used... I have an Avond... Not Avon Mind Sensor. Avond Wind... Oh, God. It's the blue-white one from Amonkhet. What yeah, am I thinking? The blue-white tokens... Yeah, my tokens have like flying, flying. Yeah, and it's got embalm. Even even wind guide. Even wind even guide. Wind guide. Mm-hmm. And you played bear's companion. Bear's companion. Time. Good old teamer, uncommon commander. Yeah. So if you are interested, uh, we are probably going to be doing a popper stream uh, in the future. So if you have any suggestions on uncommon creatures that you would like us to play as our commanders, tweet at us or email us or Instagram us yeah youtube us i mean you can youtube us too yeah comment on a on a video from three years ago (laughs) (laughs) i just say bears companion yeah that's all you know what you're talking about for sure (laughs) we will for sure do that uh mike what are we talking about this week so this week um we know that streets of new capenna is bringing to us a lot of uh three color combinations of things we just finished the uh triome cycle that got started in ikoria but there's another three color cycle that got finished here and that was the ascendancy cycle so we saw uh, ascendancies from the clans of tarkir uh from 
I don't know how many years ago. It was a long time ago before I started playing Magic the Gathering. Um, but now we have an ascendancy from each family from Streets of New Capenna to finish out the cycle of 10 ascendancies. So we're going to uh, talk about the ascendancies, which ones we like, where we would play them, and maybe even which ones that we absolutely hate. <laughs> uh, I think it's time for us to ascend to this discussion. The other thing to remember about this before we go forward, or not even just to remember, uh, maybe a, a, just a stipulation, or we're not doing these in any particular order, oh, yeah, is all no. I'm really trying to say. We didn't do anything, like, we're not ranking them, we're just, we're just chatting about them, mm -hmm. and um, so, you know, this isn't number one to number 10, but we definitely know which one would be number 10. We know number um, 10 for sure. And when we get there... Um, you're going to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, you will. <laughs> but let's start with Teamer Ascendancy. So this is the uh, green, blue, and red enchantment. So all of the ascendancies are enchantments. And um, this is for um, the Teamer uh, clan from Cons of Tarkir. Um, and this says, creatures you control of haste. And whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. Uh, I really actually like this card i don't run this anywhere uh we talked about this before i don't have a ton of three color decks but if i did this just feels like concordant crossroads for you with an upside now granted it's cost three mana not just a single green but it's very reminiscent of what i want i run a lot of enchantments that give haste already um to, to other creatures, there's a few of them in red, um, but this also has whenever a creature power four or greater enters, you may draw a card. So I, I think it works really well in creature heavy decks and doesn't force you to run instants and sorceries to draw. This is really just repeatable. Mm -hmm. You know, you play a creature with large power um, or you play out a couple of uh, anthem effects that, that constantly give your creatures, you know, plus one, plus one or plus two, plus two. And when they enter their power being four, you draw cards. Yeah, I definitely see this being played a lot in uh, five color, like you said, creature decks. Um, I used to play this in my Morophon deck. It, it wasn't great in the humans version of it, so it did get cut. But in the Eldrazi version of it, all of those creatures were definitely greater than four power, um, taking into effect that you get that draw. Because, you know, when I when I look at this enchantment, like the haste enabling by itself might not be worth the three colors and the card draw itself might not be worth the three colors. But combining the two together, it's definitely worth um, a three mana enchantment in three different colors. Um, the, the closest one that I saw was Garuk's Uprising, which is just a green enchantment for two and a green that only has the card draw portion of it. It does give your creatures trample as well uh, instead of haste. Um, but I think haste is uh, a much stronger keyword um, for commander. And I mean, in combination with, with trample, don't get me wrong, it's way, way, way good. Um, but haste allowing you to just, you know, get a brand new board out there, swing with all of it and, and finish out a game. Uh, I think it's it's stronger to have uh, and puts it uh, above Garuk's Uprising. Yeah, I think the the decks that I've seen this most played in, even at our LGS or even online over the pandemic, are are, are decks like Animar, Soul of the Elements, oh, which yeah. is just a, a a very good creature based deck that says creatures you cast cost one less to cast for each um, plus one plus one counter on Animar. So you're making your commander stronger because when you cast a creature, you put a counter on it, and then you're eventually going to play a lot of big creatures there could be some eldrazi in that too i guess so mm -hmm. i mean i've i've definitely seen that so it kind of just works really really well with animar um 
I was looking at even some, some decks that could just utilize this, like even partner decks. And, um, I'm not sure where I'd put it, but it works really well in Animar. I also assume that it would work really well in, you know, decks that are playing things like, um, uh, Beastmaster's Ascension, where your creatures are just huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so things like that. But I think Team or Ascendancy is probably one of the better ones as far as Commander goes, because just giving haste alone, even if you're not taking advantage of the second half, just giving only your creatures haste is great. Because then you don't have to throw cards like Anger into the graveyard, and you know you don't have to try to specifically play cards like Fervor, um, because this is an upside. Although Fervor is only one color, um, you can play both. Yeah, why not both? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So Team Ascendancy, top notch. It's a top notch enchantment. Another top notch enchantment we have here. One that's gotten that's gotten to see more play in very uh recent time, uh in at least in the play the play pods that I've been playing in, is Mardu Ascendancy. So Mardu Ascendancy for a red, a white, and a black. Get an enchantment that says whenever a non-token creature you control attacks, put a 1-1 red goblin creature token onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Then you can sacrifice Mardu Ascendancy to have creatures you control get plus zero, plus three until end of turn. Um, So this one really cares about uh, attack triggers. And as we know, there have been a lot of uh, attack trigger matters uh, stuff happening in the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty set, particularly Ishin, Two Heavens as One was printed in there, um, which is a Mardu uh, human samurai 3 4. It says if a creature attacks, a, a creature attacking causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Um, so it's going to fit in those uh, attack trigger esque decks. Um, and in the Mardu colors, it fits really well because that's typically what Mardu tries to do. Yeah, I this is one that I I don't think I have ever played this card either in Commander or even in Limited or Cube or anything. But um, I like that it, it works really well with non-token creatures that are swinging frequently, which is what Mardu does. Right. Um, and and I think that it it does work with well with a lot of recently released commanders. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody else play this against me either. Um, and even taking a look, you know, decks like. Um, you know, Saskia, the unyielding, uh, really, really strong. But uh, even like Trin and Silvar would, I think, really like this because you're swinging with with Silvar making tokens and then sacrificing the human tokens you make with Trin. But then you can kind of leave along a goblin here. So it feels like you're not losing everything mm-hmm. with the way that the deck works. It kind of almost complements the way that that deck works. Yeah. If I can somehow fit this into my Rafine deck, it would work really, really well to just, you know, put more attackers on the board. Maybe there's a five color attack triggers deck someone has out there where they already have a Rafine and they can combo it with a Mardu Ascendancy. But I also looked at this one. Uh, the tokens that it's creating that are tapped and attacking are goblin tokens. And I was wondering if there was like a Mardu goblin theme out there. And there's not much. Um, we do know that there is someone that uh, I know both of us have played with this person. I don't know if both of us have yeah, played Jason against. Alt has, Jason yes. Alt has an Extus Auric Overload, overload, overlord. Ooh, that was a very hard word to say. Yes. A goblin themed deck specifically built to play Awaken the Blood Avatar as many times as you possibly can. So, Jason Alt, um, if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen Jason Alt. 
Yes. So I'm not sure if Jason would be playing Mardu Ascendancy in his deck. He tends to only swing with the tokens that get made on the flip side of Extus with uh, Awaken the Blood Avatar and the tokens wouldn't trigger Mardu Ascendancy. But maybe it's there's enough other goblins in the deck where it actually is a Mardu Goblins deck that cares about the goblin creation specifically from Mardu Ascendancy. We'll have to reach out to Brainstorm Brewery and ask them if... If we'll we'll just send an email, we'll just say, Jason, do you play Mardu Ascendancy? <laughs> that's all we'll that's all we'll say. Perfect. Um, yeah, very cool card. The next one is actually one that I played in my uh, Abzan Counters deck. Um, so this is Abzan Ascendancy. Uh, it is white, black, and green for an enchantment that says, when it enters the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. And it says, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, you make a one one white spirit creature token with flying so i think this is um a very strong card it was very very strong in um in limited i've seen this you know in in cube um you know type formats i guess you know or just limited where, where folks want to play with this but i played this in my nakara and yannick deck so nakara layer scavenger and yannick scavenging sentinel so this is this came out with the Ikoria decks they were the partner commanders in is that Cathril? I think that's the commander mm-hmm. that led that one. Yeah, because it just cared about counters. So yeah. Nakara cares about when a creature you control leaving the battlefield having any type of counter on it. And then you draw a card and then Yannick gets counters when it enters by exiling another creature and you get counters equal to that creature's power. Um, so that worked really well. I feel like this is the loopy ascendancy. Like you can create loops because this is this was created at a time before they started doing the do this only once per turn. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it existed, but they didn't put it on as many cards as we see it happening with now. So maybe you know we've realized there's a lot of um, combos. So I feel like this is the loop one though because you can play with with cards like Luminous Broodmoth. You can have things removed. You can have them come back with flying counters on them. Plus one, plus one counters. You know, it just it does a lot. And then you make spirits. I I think this is this card is a lot of fun, and I have personally played with this. Um, and if you're playing with any sort of manipulation of counters that you can move around in absent or even five color i guess um this this card does it does do a lot of work but it is unfortunately only when it enters and not like not when they are constantly coming back so i guess when they come back they're not going to get a plus one plus one counter um but you usually play this when you have like a board of tokens out too yeah well and you're in black so maybe there's something out there that'll allow you to sacrifice permanence or sacrifice enchantment so maybe there's a way you can loop it from your graveyard or something like that to take advantage of the enter the battlefield plus one plus one in fact in white there's there's definitely a few spells that will allow you to blink your permanence or flicker your permanence and then you can take advantage of the extra plus one plus one counters that way what's that what's that the is it nethroy what what is the uh, the uh, ultimatum the Abzan Ultimatum. That one brings back everything, right? That's that one? Or is that the Saltai Ascendancy? Or the uh, Saltai no, Ultimatum? The, the Abzan one is the one that brings back uh, one permanent of uh, a, a different name. Of a different name. So yes, yeah. yeah, so you could sack it, play that, maybe get that back somehow. I'm sure it could happen. Yeah, just blink your Eternal Witness over and over again and just keep casting it from your and hand. And cast Abzan Ascendancy like 15 times. With with the somehow, there's six other cards on your board that are giving you infinite mana. Yeah, I guess the loopy stuff is probably the second half when the non-token creature leaves, <laughs> you make a spirit. It's probably not the first part. Most but if you likely. can make the first part happen too, go for it. That's right, that's right. So speaking of uh, loopy combo things, um, I think this next one uh, can kind of fit that bill a little bit, and that's Jeskai Ascendancy. So 
So this is blue, red, and white for an enchantment. This says whenever you cast a non-creature spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Untap those creatures. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may draw a card. And if you do, discard a card. Um, so this does have some uh, combos in mind that it can do, taking advantage of the um, ability to untap a creature. Um, maybe even the ability to cast cards from the top of your library can help you with this. Um, and then you have the extra add-on here of giving your creatures pseudo prowess with that plus one, plus one. The only thing Just Guy's Tendency doesn't do for you is give you haste. Um, but some of the creatures that it goes infinite with are like Emery Lurker of the Lock um, that has the ability to tap and choose a target artifact card in your graveyard and you can cast that card this turn. So by casting a zero cost artifact that can sacrifice itself like Lotus Petal or something like that, you'll be able to go infinite because every time you cast it, you can untap Emery and blah, blah, blah. And uh, um, I don't know if this card has a lot of use outside of comboing you want to be able to do a lot all in one turn um, even the looting ability on the second half in combination with like elsha of the infinite which was one of the alternate commanders um, in the savine precon um, even elsha that can cast cards from the top of your library um, being able to loot uh, it, elsha itself actually has prowess herself um anyways so you're just going to get double effect there but again you're just going to be filtering through your entire library with Jeskai's ascendancy and elsha of the infinite so again I i'm not sure there's a way to play this without comboing uh andy have you seen Jeskai ascendancy out in the wild not in the not in commander i remember this was crazy when it was back in standard because it used cards like retraction helix which gives a target creature tap till uh you know until under turn it has tap return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand so you were able to like loop cards you can get cards even like a mox amber back to your hand now mm -hmm. you know, play it down for zero and then um you get to untap your creatures and then you're you're netting basically infinite mana here right. and you're also getting infinite loots and you're getting storm counts and you're getting giant creatures mm -hmm. um i don't think this i probably wouldn't play this unless i was comboing and i have literally no idea where I would put this card like I guess any Jeskai deck would probably work. I feel bad like saying that because it feels like I'm making them all very generic, but I feel like most Jeskai decks are probably doing things already that Jeskai Ascendancy would care about. Mm -hmm. um, Gavi Nest Warden makes a bunch of tokens. So if you can, you know, kind of loop a little bit, all those tokens can get huge. Um, Kaikar Winds Fury is doing the same thing. You're making a bunch of spirits that you can make huge um elsha the infinite like you mentioned um it is nice that you can play non-creature non-land cards from the top of your library so if the ascendancy is there and then and then you kind of go from there but i don't think i have a deck that i'd want do you have a deck you'd put this in um maybe like a like a cody vociferous codex deck would be really good for it uh, like a five color spell slingers deck something like that to help untap your creatures uh, could be okay. Um, I I do like the fact that it does just combo completely with Sprout Swarm. <laughs> so, so if you could try to fit that in it sprout swarms a two mana instant with convoke and buy back three so you can tap your creatures to cast it and if you pay three extra you can put it back in your hand and it creates a one one green sapling creature token um, and if you have i think I, when i did the math it was like 12 or 13 mana to begin with you can actually just go ahead and make infinite 
sapperlings with just just guys and sentient sprout swarm by constantly using the um sapperlings that you make to convoke out a new sprout swarm um hey you didn't think this was going to be an episode on combos but here we are hey it's just guys ascendancy <laughs> you can't talk about it without combos um, let's talk about one that doesn't combo very well though sure sure which is the sultai ascendancy so this is the uh black green blue ascendancy enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep look at the top two cards of your library put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest back on top of your library in any order and I think my issue that I have with this card is just how slow it is. So the other ones that we've seen so far do something right away. One gives haste. One has make goblins when you swing. One of them combos you nearly immediately and you can loot when you cast a spell. Abzion Ascendancy puts counters on things and you can... This one is like, all right, you did it. We'll start working next turn. Mm -hmm. And the most you can do is... Look at the top two cards of your library and put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest back on top. It doesn't make a zombie. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything other than throw stuff in your graveyard, which I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. Um, I just think that there's probably, it's not probably there's just more efficient ways that are less slow to do that Mm -hmm. in these colors. And I, I don't know if I'd want this because one, you, it could just get removed. Now, mm. I don't think anyone's going to remove Sultai Ascendancy. No, they're not. I don't think anyone's going to remove this. So I guess once you play it, you know you're going to get to, to, I guess, almost scry. What is it? What's it called? Not it's scrying. Called, it's called Surveil 2. Sir, thank you. Surveilling. Thank you. It's it's basically Surveil 2. Um, so if you play a Surveil deck... Um, Salty Ascendancy is right there. It basically surveils, just as another word, surveil. Yeah. Um, but I, I would play mulch. I would, I would self mill with, with other things. I just don't think. I wish Salty Ascendancy said like for every creature. And I know this is very much the um, Sadisi card, mm-hmm. but you know, for for each creature put into your graveyard, make a zombie or something. But it, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't do enough. Even Sadisi Brood Tyrant says whenever one or more creatures are put into your graveyard, make a zombie. It'd be nice if this also had that. Yeah, it sur- doesn't. Surveil two at your upkeep. If a creature gets put into your graveyard, make a zombie. That wouldn't even be that much more power. And I think that would be fitting. Uh, I think at the beginning of your upkeep, surveil two on a three mana enchantment is okay if it was one color, but three colors is ridiculous for, for that little amount of effect that you get for this card. It's just unfortunate. Um, but don't knock it. I guess if you haven't tried it, I've not tried it. Maybe it's bananas in some deck. It's, I just don't. You're, think de- it is. you're definitely playing it in your Ramos dragon engine deck and, but it's strictly for the colors oh, and it's strictly it for the you're colors. You're getting three counters on Ramos. <laughs> that's it. That's the only reason. Maybe, oh my gosh. And, I'm playing Ramos Saltai ascendancy and, and filter the top of your library a little bit. Yep. Okay. Ramos charms. Oh my gosh. You can make Ramos ascendancies. There you go. It doesn't even have to be charms, just Ramos ascendancies. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have much else to say about Saltai ascendancy. No, we can move on from that. Let's All talk right. about Maestro's ascendancy. This is the good one. This is the one that would would we normally call it Grixis colors, but these are Maestro colors. So for Maestro's ascendancy, for a blue, a black, and a red, you get an enchantment that says once during each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard by sacrificing a creature in addition to paying its other costs. If a spell cast this way would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. Uh, we did talk about 
about this one a little bit uh, on our combos episode. So definitely check that one out if you want to hear about how you can win the game instantaneously with this card. <laughs> um, but again, uh, this is one of those cards where you're you're talking about comboing um, and it, there are in I think in both of our opinions, better permanence, uh, better big turn cards that you can use. This one is really giving you incremental value turn after turn, where a card like this, I think you would rather try to win the game with as soon as it comes onto the battlefield. Um, yeah. Some some instances of like maybe so, some some ways this would be good. Like Jessica's Will is a bomb of a card. We all know it. Three mana sorcery. Um, and uh, if you control your commander, you can have both adding a red mana to to your mana pool equal to the number of cards in target player's hand and exiling the top three cards of your library and playing them until end of turn. Being able to get two Jessica's Wills is going to be awesome. You're either getting double mana and double the amount of cards, or if you don't control your commander... Um, you can actually have one side and then the other side, I think, if that works that way. Maybe you can't. No, I don't think you can. I think you have to copy it the way that it's cast. But you can get double red mana or double the amount of cards with a Jessica's Will. Um, so there is some incremental stuff, and maybe you can win off of a double Jessica's Will, but it's just much harder to do. Uh, and it's it's that whole once per turn caveat on these permanents. Yeah, I, you know, I, and we did talk about this on the combo episode. So if you didn't listen to that, we, you know, you you made mention that this is even you know redundancy to cast dissident mage. Yes. So cast basically just says the exact same thing on the card as a three four flyer, that can be your commander. So I I like that, um, but I I don't think I'd want this as I I feel like I'd want it for redundancy and cast, but I don't know if I care that much. I feel like I personally would rather play a card like Past in Flames. Uh, that gives all my cards flashback until end of turn or overloading Mizzix's mastery so I could just cast them all for free. I don't know if I want to spend all three mana to hopefully have stuff in my graveyard and take advantage of it mm-hmm. in the future. You know, yeah. I'm not sure. Without it being my commander where if it's removed, I can get it back, I guess. I don't know if I really want it personally. Man, that's a whole that's a whole nother ball of wax. If we could have these as commanders and how to build around them, they would be we, this conversation oh, would be so different. Could be your commander. Oh my gosh, I think I think the, our discussion around some of these would be way 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 different. Um, I probably still wouldn't want to play Saltai Ascendancy. I guess. <laughs> um, but, I, I yeah. agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, but Maestro's ascendancy, um, it does, it will, it will create a fun, memorable play for somebody when it happens. Yes. This one is not at the bottom of the list. I think this is solid middle of the pack. It does things you want, um, and this is likely due to the fact that it has to also be designed for limited magic. Yeah. You know, it yep. wasn't. This was not designed specifically for commander. You know, like you sometimes you you know when a card was oh, like. Yeah. Ah, uh, they want the commander players to play that card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the next one here is another another ascendancy that I really like, but is unfortunately uh, saddled by the do this once only each turn clause, and that is Riveteer's ascendancy. So black, red, green, which I have now somebody coined it online for me, which is um, fund, um, which is fun <laughs> jund, uh, which is Riveteer's, um, and I I I have really been enjoying this. I played a uh, the Beamtown Bullies deck, and you're working on a uh, Henzi deck right now. Yes. Um, and I'm finding 
that this is the most fun I've ever found this color combination to be. But Riveteer's Ascendancy is an enchantment for black, red, green that says whenever you sacrifice a creature, you may return target creature card with less mana value from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Do this only once each turn. Now, I will say here, this could have been the most loopy of mm -hmm. all of the loopy enchantments because uh, this is like in really good colors for aristocrat strategies. The only difference is maybe even switching out like maybe making it the Abzan color would have been even better to have white. But the number of sacrifice outlets that you have in black and green, you add red for some other fun stuff with creatures at ETB um, when they come back. I, I just so wish this didn't have only once each turn, but I understand in standard we're dealing with like the blitz mechanics. So oh, creatures yeah. are already being sacrificed and uh, casualty. So casualty is sacrificing creatures as well. So those, those, those cards that are supporting those three color combinations work really well. So it might have been that Riveteer's Ascendancy was a little too strong if, you know, for a standard environment or, you know, uh, um, what Pioneer will mm -hmm. eventually be. Sure. Um, as well, you know, once we, once that comes to fruition, but, um, I really like this enchantment. I have enjoyed drafting it. I have enjoyed playing with it. I have not played it in Commander yet, but I feel like I would throw this one in because if I'm already playing in these three colors, I'm likely sacrificing something, so I will probably get value. However, it doesn't have immediate value. It does not work alone. It requires other things to mm -hmm. be happening for it to do anything. Yes, it's definitely important to note that it does say whenever you sacrifice a creature, so it's not. it can't just die to combat damage or anything, even if you yell, uh, take me as my as sacrifice or anything anything while it dies still doesn't work as being a sacrificed creature but i really i really like this enchantment a lot and i know it can only happen once per turn but um i know that you probably know i play a deck called uh shirei shizos caretaker every once in a while and those creatures can only die once per turn as well and they come back at the end step so if you treat it more like that and that you can only do one thing per person's turn um, I think this can like this is one of those cards I and mean, we just talked about being able to build around the ascendancies would be cool. This is one of those cards I would love to be able to build around um, because using like a free sacrifice outlet that you get from like an altar of dementia, which sacrifices a creature and has a, a player mill cards equal to the sacrifice creatures power or an ash nods altar, which sacrifices a creature and adds colorless mana. Um, so with a free sack outlet like that, you'll be able to sacrifice creatures on everyone's turn at instant speed. And actually with ash nods altar, it's even producing mana so that gets around a split second in case you're ever worried about that um, but in combination with like a protean hulk and a phyrexian delver you can kill protean hulk uh get phyrexian delver from your graveyard to the battlefield and bring back protean hulk and just get protean hulk value on every single person's turn um Gross. And by I the time it. by the time it gets back to you you have four turns worth of protean hulk value um so there's definitely it, it might just take turn to turn to turn to do it um, but there's definitely some loopy stuff you could do with this card. And uh, I don't have a sacrifice deck right now that's Jund other than the Henzi Toolbox deck that I'm building right now. It doesn't focus around a lot of sacrifice other than just the, the blitz mechanic. But maybe it's something I can uh, put a combo like this in there. I, I think this does fit in most of those uh, kinds I of decks. I feel like people playing Zeotora want this, but also oh, yeah. a, a deck that really does this super well is the Shattergang Brothers. Oh, yeah. They have sack of creatures on their face. So you can sack a creature bring another creature back from the graveyard with less value. Obviously it's lesser. So you have to figure out a way to kind of keep, keep the, the chain going. But with Shattergang brothers, you could pull a Shirei Shizos caretaker 
off with the two of them having a bunch of stuff in your graveyard. So mm-hmm. I feel like uh, the Riveteer's Ascendancy is like prime for breaking somehow. Yeah. And it just hasn't happened because the the commanders that I, uh, I immediately think of or kind of recognize with my eyeballs that would work really <laughs> well with it are kind of older and they're just not being looked at right now. So sure, sure. maybe we need to be that. Person. I I will and, I'm happy to build a Shadow Gang Brothers deck. <laughs> no, actually, please don't. I regret. I regret everything <laughs> I've said. I regret it. No, no, it's fine. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, awesome. Okay, so we talked about Riveteer's Ascendancy. We talked about Maestro's Ascendancy. Um, next one, let's talk about. We actually talked about a lot of Ascendancy. We talked about right? a lot of them, but specifically <laughs> talking about the the, the new Capenna families. Um, the next new Capenna family Ascendancy here is Broker's Ascendancy. So Broker's Ascendancy is uh, the one for green, white, and blue. This is at the beginning of your end step. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. So this is fantastic. This is doing work the turn that it comes out at the end step but that's okay because it's still going to happen unless someone board wipes at instant speed and if that happens cool they did it in response to your three mana enchantment you you did it um but this is a very cool deck just for a a go wide creatures deck i know i've been seeing a lot more of kodama of the west tree in commander i think this is starting to be a green creatures commander staple Uh, it's a three mana three three with reach that says modified creatures you control have trample and uh, putting a plus one plus one counter on each of your creatures at end step is going to make them all modified and then whenever a modified creature you control deals combat damage to a player search your library for a basic land card put on the battlefield tap then shuffle um so that's like a uh uh, harvest season from Amon Ket, the rare that you could go get a basic for each tapped creature you control. But this happens every single turn uh, with Kodama of the West Tree. So Broker's Ascendancy comboing there with that. Uh, and on top of the fact that it also just puts a loyalty counter on all of your planeswalkers at end step. This particular enchantment fits within the color scheme of Atraxa, a very popular commander for planeswalkers because of the proliferate ability. Um, so you're basically putting two loyalty counters with Atraxa and Broker's Ascendancy on the battlefield at every Every single end step, which is even going to save your planeswalkers from combat damage in a lot of cases. Yeah, I like this card a lot. It's um, the card that finally got me a seven win draft in, oh, in nice. uh, on Arena. So uh, that alone feels almost unbeatable. Uh, it feels unfair um, <laughs> when you play it because if they don't have enchantment removal and you play out stupid two ones and oh, you yeah. know uh, one fours. After three turns, they cannot swing at you mm-hmm. anymore, and then they have to have blockers of their own. So that's really cool. But I think this would do work in um, when in token decks, and and I it doesn't limit the number of counters to token or non-token creatures because it just works well with everything mm-hmm. and it works well with planeswalkers so um you know ending just a few turns you know uh could put you so much further ahead of your opponents just saying you know what i pass it's fine i'll get a counter on all these creatures um you're in colors that that give you counter spells and and give you um access to instant speed protection so you mm-hmm. you've got heroic interventions things like that flawless maneuver if you're in um the broker's colors and i was trying to think of a commander that i want to play this in and i initially thought like sid Arcondo would be cool but you're with broker's ascendancy after a few turns your creatures aren't going to have power two or less they're all just going to oh, be huge because yeah. that's you know um so i'm not sure the best commander that i want to play this in but i absolutely would play this in a deck 
that has these colors and is a go wide strategy. Maybe even, you know, the, the new Rigo Streetwise Mentor, one of the, the alternate commanders. Oh, no, this is actually from Streets of New Capenna. So this is when a, when creatures with power one or less attack, you can draw a card. So like mm-hmm. you can take value early, but then later they just get bigger, you know, um, or even Kroos, a uh, defense contractor, which is one of the alternates from the, the pre-con. And it's whenever you put one or more counters on a creature you, you don't control, you tap it and goad it. So if you can move counters around and shield counters and just... I feel like this is also going to do work. Broker's Ascendancy. Like, we're not going to see it often, but when it comes out, we're going to go, ah, I wish I had a removal for that Broker's Ascendancy. See, I like all of your suggestions because they were, like, unique and creative, and all I could think of was, like, <laughs> it's probably okay in Estrid the Masked. It's probably okay there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably very good in Astrid. It's probably, I, I, I see that you have a note for Atraxa. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's it huge does. in Atraxa. I know, um, I know, Andy, you like to talk about how, how when Planeswalkers take damage, it's it's effectively you not taking the damage, so it's like giving you more it's life. It's life gain. So with with an Atraxa and a Broker's Ascendancy, uh, depend you have you have two times your amount of Planeswalkers. You're you're quote unquote gaining that much life per turn yep. um, by doing it as well. So yeah, it's it's it def- it deters people from hitting you too, which is pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty broker's cool Ascendancy is great. Um, if you, if anyone is playing this, I want to know. I really do want to know what you're playing it in. So let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's move on to the next Ascendancy. The one that on our show notes we have highlighted in brown, and my first my first statement is literal poop. I really, really dislike this Ascendancy so much. I, I think it's just so not good. Mm-hmm. And this one is the Obscura Ascendancy. So white, blue, black, and it's an enchantment that says whenever you cast a spell, if its mana value is equal to one, plus the number of soul counters on Obscura Ascendancy, Put a soul counter on Obscura Ascendancy. Then you create a 2-2 white spirit creature token with flying. Then it says as long as there are five or more soul counters on Obscura Ascendancy, spirits you control get plus three, plus three. Am I in a circus? Because that's a lot of hoops to jump through. It is the, the most hoops that you could have to jump through to make something work. So not only do you have to have this Ascendancy, you have to have mana value one, then two, then three, then four, then and like so you have to you also have to have the right mana value spells in your hand. Mm-hmm. You have to have at least I mean, I guess if all you want to do is make two two white spirits because you're playing a spirit commander that's in Esper colors, I guess it's probably fine. But I limit the number of one mana spells in a lot of my decks. I mean ponder and preordain are some Ponder is kind of coming out of a lot of my decks. Preordain, I'll still play Preordain. Mm-hmm. Like Brainstorm, I guess I'll play Brainstorm. But like the number of one mana spells I'm playing is pretty low because yeah. eventually you're just going to get out, you know, out you're, you, all the higher mana value spells. If you have six mana, it's probably better to play a six mana spell because it's going to do something more than a one mana spell. Yeah. In most cases in i most understand cases. there will be like playing the locust god you should probably play all the one mana draw spells sure yeah but in obscure ascendancy you have to have one then two then three and you have to do it at least five times so that those two two spirits become five five spirits all they have is flying they can get destroyed mm-hmm. yeah that's not very good um 
what it does. I was trying to think of like ways you could break it or something. And the best I could come up with is Zer the Enchanter can find this immediately. And Zer the Enchanter fits the right color scheme. And Zer the Enchanter can also find a different enchantment called Solemnity that says players can't get counters and neither can artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. So if you can somehow get like one counter on Obscura Ascendancy before a Solemnity gets resolved on your side, and then under an Isochron Scepter, put a two mana instant there that you can somehow loop over and over and over again, it can be a pretty good 2-2 generator for you. And well, I, I think- don't know if it does that. This says... Then it says put a soul counter, then create a two-two creature. But if you're not putting a soul counter, I don't know if the then happens. Oh, maybe it maybe it can't complete it. Maybe it can't. I, I have no idea, actually. This is one of those weird, I feel like the if then that if then type deals. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably some ruling that if you don't do, you know, it's still really early, obviously, in the ruling. I don't I don't see any rulings on this card yet. Right. But I just wonder if there's a solemnity out if you even can get a spirit because you're not putting a soul counter on it well that would make this other thing that you had to jump 12 (laughs) loops through to make work not work and you still have to jump through the original five hoops for this really weird obscura uh slash esper spirits matters uh anthem i do like that you found a way to make the complicated bad one even more complicated yeah I don't think not not that much less bad. I think it's I think it's easier to, to assemble because you have Zer <laughs> finding two of your permanents for you. Okay, maybe maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. So Zer is the best deck for the literal <laughs> poop enchantment. Yeah. But yeah. I did the other thing that I do feel like is as I feel like oh I want a cool a cool card that you know I usually like to play cards that have like a lot of complicated, you know, requirements. You mm-hmm. know, this ha- like Strixhaven Stadium feels like that. You have to deal sure. 10 day get 10 point counters removed and you win the game. And I feel like I feel like this is a card where they're like, "Look, Andy, you can do this." And my reaction is like, "Oh, but not like that." No. Like that's not what I that's not what I ha- wanted. Yeah, that's excuse, not what I had. Excuse in mind. me while I go win with Halo Fountain 10 times before I can even get this thing to five counters. Uh, it's and, uh, way the other easier. thing is uh, aside from Zer, I do not even know a deck that I'd want to play this in is like, there an esper spirits commander that i don't know about is I don't there know. esper spirits i know there's there's azorius spirits i mean i guess you could play uh you know in esper most of the stuff you're seeing is artifact based yeah um i mean <clears throat> in most cases i don't i don't know what spirit commander i'd play maybe you just play it in a you know a tribal deck i mean uh, Alayla makes fairies. They're not sure. spirits, though. I mean, Morphon changelings. There you go. You I mean, you it. could do. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could just do a generic <laughs> creature, you know, tribal based deck and obscure ascendancy. I guess could work, but um, <laughs> maybe you get a soul counter and you put it in. Uh, uh, wait, Atraxa. This is an Atraxa colors, right? Uh yes yeah Atraxa has everything but red so correct. you play a skewer ascendancy Atraxa get a soul counter and then you just rely on the proliferate and yeah don't you have can to proliferate the rest of the hoop so maybe you could do that there in a planeswalkers deck so you have a couple of spirits to block okay all right I could Atraxa see it there, but I'm still not a fan Atraxa spirits actually sounds okay like you would think that green maybe doesn't have that much but Kamigawa gave green spirits like a lot of good stuff there so actually that might be it might this might be killer we might have just found it we might have figured it out is it not <laughs> terrible anymore. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Okay. The last uh, three color ascendancy here on the list, finishing out the streets of New Capenna, new ascendancies is Cabaretti ascendancy for a red, a green, and a white. You get an enchantment that says at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature or planeswalker card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. If you don't put the card into your hand, you may put it on the bottom of your library. So um, this is like scrying one. Um, but you could put it in your hand if it meets certain criteria. And that's that's what it does for three mana of three different colors on an enchantment. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I guess it can get you a creature. This feels very much like Descendant's Path to me. Like it feels like a trap card. So Descendant's Path was a card that it's an enchantment and you can um reveal the card. And if it matches a, a creature, creature yeah, um, at that that you actually have on the battlefield, mm-hmm. um, you can like put you it cast on the it. battlefield. You cast it basically for free. Yeah, it says at the beginning of your upkeep, reveal a top card. If it's a creature that shares a type, you may cast it without paying its mana cost um, it, uh, with a creature you control. Otherwise, you put it on the bottom of your library. And I feel like I don't want to spend three mana to just scry one. If you're playing a very creature-heavy deck, you're probably playing a card that will draw you cards more efficiently and i don't like scry i took out the scry lands i don't like the scry lands i i actively remove them now i i just don't value scry um maybe that's why i don't like playing aminatu and stuff like the manipulating the top of your deck like enet i used to try and do those i just don't i don't like this and i feel like this card even though it does way more in my opinion, than the Saltai Ascendancy, I feel like it also kind of falls to the bottom of the list of, I don't really want this. And I don't think I'd want to put it in a deck, even that probably could take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, even the example that you gave um, is, is putting the creature directly onto the battlefield. And this is only putting it into your hand. And this is three colors versus one color. Um, and I know there's the extra loop that you have to go through where it has to share a creature type with you. But you know, just, just to get that simple maybe card advantage i don't think it's good enough uh, i don't have a naya deck to put this in regardless but i'm not putting it in any of my five color decks either probably still goes pretty good in a ramos dragon engine deck though if you look at to get one of those listen if you're playing ramos ascendancies <laughs> cabaret it may coil I'm, I, maybe i have to do that because i got one of those cool ramoses with the etched foiling oh like, yeah when commander legends came out and mm-hmm. it's just been sitting in my trade binder like it's a cool card uh, maybe i should do that we have maybe 80 you have that. 89 other cards you got to put in the deck though too i mean a lot of them are gonna have to be lands because i'm in five colors <laughs> so i'm gonna have to figure out how to do that but yeah um cabaret cabaretti ascendancy as cool as the artwork is at that party and there's like purple glowing halo and green glowing it's just it's not for me. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sure I want that. So we do want to hear from you, though, on what your favorite uh, three-color Ascendancy cards are and where you've put them. Um, we didn't want to do this as ranking because I didn't feel like... It didn't feel right to just rank them from best to worst because I don't think they're all going to be played as much as one another anyway. Correct. Um, but this isn't the final Ascendancy, and it didn't feel right to leave out the honorary Ascendancy from the best plane in existence. Uh, so we got to at least mention it for a second. And that's Simic Ascendancy. It's it's just, it's green and blue. And it's yeah. enchantment that says, uh, pay one a green and a blue. You can put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. 
It also has whenever you put one or more plus one plus one counters on a creature you control, you put that many growth counters on Simic Ascendancy. And then it says at the beginning of your upkeep, if Simic Ascendancy has 20 or more growth counters on it, you win the game. It is, it has a lot. I feel like it has way more text for being a two color Ascendancy than all of the three color Ascendancies. And mm-hmm. it's an alt win con on its own that is busted in the right deck. That's right. That's right. Can any other Ascendancies say that they can win the game? I don't think so. They cannot. They can set you up to win the game, but none of them can win the game for you quite like Simic Ascendancy. Yeah. So we had to make sure that we mentioned it. And if we were to put this one on a list somewhere, it'd probably be kind of higher towards the top. Honestly, I think, I, I think it's it's way, way towards the top. I mean, just like, something that can like throw plus one, plus one counters on all of your stuff all the time. It's especially with all of the, the modified mechanic that, that we have now uh, in, you know, that's that's just that we're seeing often everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And that Kodama of the West tree only costs three mana and you think it costs five and it doesn't. It costs three. I can't believe it only costs three. That it comes out so, so early. It's so good. It it's, is so good. So um, if you are um, looking to play an Ascendancy deck, you do have 11 of them. Um, I actually would like to see more Ascendancies in the future. And I expect that we will see more. Maybe when we go back, if we go to Alara, maybe we'll get the other one. So we'll actually get Bant Ascendancy and, you know, okay. Esper Ascendancy. Maybe we'll get, an, we'll get five more. Who knows? Or we'll go somewhere else and they'll have families or clans or teams. It's going to be the set where the, where it takes place on like um like at a business oh, like this oh. is the accounting ascendancy okay this is the f- this is the finance this is the the it ascendancy <laughs> see i i kind of want to see four color ascendancies and four color charms for that matter too um but i think we have oh. to we have to get to a pretty pretty chaotic state in the in the magic universe to start seeing four colors i imagine. i think those will have to be like a supplemental product probably yeah. not Probably Which not I'm fine. The standards. Your Tiller's Ascendancy. Bring it on. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> exactly. four color combination I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah, we. Uh, oh my god. Which Maw's Ascendancy? Got ooh, one. Ooh, yes. So. Um, you know, we want to hear from you. What ascendancies do you play? Which cards do you like uh, that we talked about today? Um, and that's actually going to wrap up our episode this week. You can find me on Twitter at Andy Flory. And you can find me on Twitter at WormCoilEngine. And we want to give a special thanks to Ryan Nichols, our editor and producer. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Chris Wolf, he handles all of our graphic design. You got to go check out all of his artwork. Um, you can find him on Twitter and you can check out all of his artwork over on our YouTube channel. Um, and we want to hear from you. We want you to email us. I know I, I told you guys to email us last week. No one emailed us last week. So um, we want to hear from you specifically via email this week. <laughs> email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. Uh, and what if, do you want it to be about? What do you want the email to be about? I want it to be about Magic the Gathering. Maybe Commander specifically. Tell oh. me tell me some new, some new, not a new deck, but a new a uh, combination of cards that you're playing in a deck that you're building right now. Like maybe you're building a deck because there's a certain combo that you really want to play around in Commander. Email me about, email us about that, please. We'll have a prize. We'll give a prize. We'll you. give a prize. I got I got three packs of Dominaria sitting over here on oh, my desk. Oh, you got actual packs. Ooh, we, yeah. got, we got tokens. We got packs. Guys, we have playmats. Who knows what Who the knows? prize will be? So you we better have so much stuff. You better email us. And if you listen to us next week, we will talk to you then. Bye, everybody. <laughs>